MSW Media. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting our show. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DailyBeans16 and use code DailyBeans16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Today, the Manhattan DA is weighing new charges against Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg. The Fulton County DA has narrowed her charging decisions window as Judge McBurney swats down Donald's request for 21 days to file a reply in his lawsuit against Fonnie Willis. A D.C. police lieutenant is indicted for tipping off Proud Boy Enrique Tarrio about his arrest. Special counsel Jack Smith has won yet another privilege battle, this time with a tech company over what are called stored communications. Rudy is spotted heading into federal court in D.C. Friday as his lead lawyer quits his case. Trump attorney Jim Parlatori resigns from the documents case team. Bill Gates was blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein. The Pentagon has seemingly abandoned its effort to combat extremism in the military. Mike Lindell's $5 million contest winner files a federal lawsuit to collect. A judge rules that Jack Teixeira will be held without bail awaiting trial. And the U.S. agrees to allow F-16 fighter jets to be sent to Ukraine. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Wow, I think we have a new record, Dana. I think we do, too. I think it sounds like we're going to have an episode before we even ever get to our episode. We are. And we're going to hand these headlines off back and forth because Friday was by far the biggest news day I've seen in over five years of reporting the news. Wow. Yeah. And also, everybody, I am sick. So I am instead of using my full voice, which sounds like gravel in a blender like this, I will be reading the news falsetto, which might sound, I don't know, kind of Kathleen Turner underwater. What do you think? I mean, I love it. I'm not Kathleen Turner underwater. I love your voice. And I'm sorry you're not feeling well, but you do, uh, you have an incredible gift of of tapping into a different octave. So wonderful. (laughs) Yes, I will be doing the news today, falsetto. A falsetto child? All right, let's get through all of the top line headlines before we get to the hot notes. First of all, Rudy's lawyer, Bruce Castor, and if that sounds familiar, it's because he was a Trump impeachment lawyer, has withdrawn as Rudy's lawyer, saying he's not cooperating and not paying him any money. Rudy was spotted headed into court Friday in the Ruby Freeman Moss civil case, and we'll keep an eye on that for you. Thank you very much. And Trump lawyer Jim Politore has resigned from Trump's legal team. And uh, AG and Andy are going to cover that in depth on the the latest episode of Jack, which is actually out now. And speaking of Jacks, Jack Smith won a battle to get evidence from a tech firm for stored communications. And that will be on next week's next week's episode of Jack. So make sure you check out both of those. And the Pentagon was looking into extremism and white supremacy in the ranks, but apparently abandoned that effort. I have sent a strongly worded letter to the Secretary of Defense on that. According to reporting, there was no explanation as to why, besides pressure from the GOP against the woke military. Oh, goodness. Now, and remember when the pillow man lost that $5 million in arbitration (laughs) when he challenged someone to debunk his claims and someone actually did? Well, Lindell didn't pay up, so the guy is suing him in federal court. A beautiful thing. (laughs) We'll be watching that one. 
And a judge has ordered that Air National Guardsman uh, Jack Teixeira, the guy who leaked top secret shit on his Discord servers, Mm -hmm. he has to remain in jail while awaiting trial. Okay. And while in Japan at the G7 summit, Biden pledged that he would not block F-16 fighters from going to Ukraine. So that's great news. And the Wagner Group claimed that they took Bakhmut over the weekend. Zelensky denies that. Now, regardless, Russia used the last of its ragtag mercenaries to try. Uh, so the war is about to take a pretty significant turn. And if you, I mean, that's just my two cents, but it looks like it's heading in that direction. Yep, my two cents as well. All right, that's just the top line stuff that we didn't have time to go in depth on. And there were actually a few stories that were left off. We had to bump for tomorrow's show, but uh, let's get to the rest of the news. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Washbaum, protests in Bromwich at the Times. One of Donald Trump's longtime lieutenants, Alan Weisselberg, was recently released from Rikers Island jail complex after pleading guilty to tax fraud. Yet Weisselberg's legal troubles are far from over. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office is now considering a new round of criminal charges against Mr. Weisselberg. And this time he could be charged with perjury among other things, and we'll get to those other things in a minute. The threat of new charges represents the latest effort of a two-year campaign to persuade Weisselberg to flip against Trump. And it comes at a crucial time, just weeks after the district attorney unveiled an indictment of the former president. Weisselberg has so far refused to turn against his former boss, but the prosecutors recently ramped up the pressure, warning his lawyers that they might bring perjury charges if their client declined to testify against Donald. The potential perjury charges stem from statements that Weisselberg made under oath during a 2020 deposition with the office of the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, who's conducting her own separate civil investigation into Trump and his family business. It's not clear which part of his testimony raised red flags for prosecutors or how Mr. Bragg might prove that Weisselberg intentionally made a false statement. As a trusted financial gatekeeper to Trump's family for nearly half a century, Weisselberg was privy to all the -the behind-the-scenes machinations that could make him a valuable witness on several fronts. He could help brag in the case unveiled against Trump last month. That's the hush money stuff and the catch-and-kill stuff. Ms. James' office is participating in the ongoing investigation into inflating annual financial statements. It could also be part of that. And if Mr. Weisselberg refuses to cooperate, he could face a range of new charges. In addition to pursuing perjury, prosecutors have indicated they're considering unrelated insurance fraud charges against him. They also appear to be weighing whether to charge Weisselberg with inflating the numbers on Trump's financial statements. The prosecutors recently sought to interview one of Weisselberg's former Trump org colleagues who might be able to shed light on his involvement in crafting the annual statements. There is no sign that Weisselberg, who recently retired from the Trump org with a big hefty you know, golden parachute. There's no sign he's close to breaking or that charges are imminent. But the latest prosecutorial pressure campaign may raise questions about the fairness of threatening a man of advanced age who just got out of jail, to which I say, who fucking cares? If you break the law, you shouldn't be above it. That's right. Fuck around and find out. I don't care if you're 75. You're still going to find out. (laughs) All right. This is from Ryan Riley at NBC News, Metropolitan Police Department Lieutenant. Now, this is someone who supervised the intelligence branch of Washington, D.C. police. Well, he was indicted this week, charged with tipping off former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio about a pending warrant for his arrest, and that was just ahead of January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Tarrio, the former chair of the Proud Boys, was recently found guilty of seditious conspiracy in connection with the Capitol attack, along with other members of the far-right group. 
Ontario was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th after his arrest in connection with the burning of a Black Lives Matter banner, as he was banned from the city by a judge the day before the attack. Now, Shay Lamont, 47, he was the one that was indicted on one count of obstruction of justice and three counts of making false statements, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia said on Friday. A federal grand jury charged Lamont with obstructing the investigation into the burning of the banner December 12th of 2020, when the Proud Boys were roaming the streets of Washington for a pro-Trump event. Well, between July of 2019 and January of 2021, Tario and Lamont communicated at least 500 times using cloud-based messaging services, including Google Voice, Apple iMessages, and Telegram, an encrypted messaging application. That's what Telegram is, and that's from the indictment. They sent approximately 145 messages using a secret chat function on Telegram that causes messages to disappear. Again, from the indictment, that's what it charged, adding at least 101 of these messages were destroyed. Now, Lamont was in communication with Tario about the banner investigation and advised him that he told another unit within the police department trying to convince them that the Proud Boys weren't racist. This is again from the indictment. And this is a quote. I told them... You are made up of a lot of Latinos and Blacks, so not a racist thing. (laughs) If anything, I said it's political, but then I drew attention to the Trump and American flags that were taken by Antifa and set on fire. Lamont wrote in a message contained in the indictment and went on to say, I said all those would have to be classified as hate crimes, too. Now, Lamont sent a similar message to an official with the U.S. Capitol Police, also cited by the indictment, saying that he had told his colleagues that if they charged Tario with a hate crime, they'd have to charge what he called, quote, Antifa hate crimes. Now, yeah, there's no federal law that makes politically motivated attacks a hate crime, by the way, but Washington law does allow for a sentencing enhancement if a locally charged crime can be proven to be based on, quote, the political affiliation of a victim. Now, While on a flight from Miami to Washington area on January 4th of 2021, Tario relayed information he received from Lamont about his pending warrant to another person. This is from the grand jury. Tario was arrested when he arrived in Washington the same day. After the January 6th attack, Lamont and Tario continued communicating, with Tario telling Lamont he thought he, quote, could have stopped this whole thing, meaning the Capitol attack, and another message cited by the indictment. Lamont said January 8th that he hoped that none of the Proud Boys would be arrested according to the indictment. And this is a quote. Of course, I can't say it officially, but personally, I support you all and don't want to see your group's name or reputation dragged through the mud, he said in one of the messages. And that's from the indictment. Oh, my God. Um, wow. <laughs> they've, 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 most of them have been convicted of seditious conspiracy. So that's fine. Yeah, I think their reputation precedes them, if you if you will. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that obstruction of justice charge, that has a mandatory three-year minimum. That's beautiful. Just so you know. So he's facing, if convicted, at least three years in prison. All right. Next up from Hugo Lowell at The Guardian, the Fulton County District Attorney investigating Trump's efforts to overturn the election results in 2020 in Georgia signaled Thursday that charging decisions may come starting the final week of July. That's according to two people with knowledge of the matter. The indication from the prosecutor, Fonnie Willis, first came during a meeting with her full team where she told them to make preparations to work at home, work remotely during the final week of July and through the first two weeks of August. That's according to the people who were there. 
Willis made no explicit mention of Trump during the meeting, but the specific timing is understood to reflect the expected window for indictments after previous indications suggested charging decisions would come during the court term that runs July 11th to September 1st. The district attorney's office later told the county supervisor court chief judge Ural Glanville, asking judges not to schedule trials and or in-person hearings from July 31st to 18 August because of her her staff would be remote. And she said that in a letter seen by The Guardian and first reported by The New York Times. So she's asking the court, stay home. Don't do anything. We're working remotely. We want the courthouse to be empty. We want the streets to be empty. A spokesperson of Willis did not respond to requests for comment. And Dana, I doubt they'd shut down the entire courthouse, all work from home for an indictment of like Rudy. Yeah. I think it's clear she's going to indict Trump. But all this fanfare and announcements worries me a bit. I like stealth mode for prosecutors. I prefer like what we're getting from the DOJ, which is nothing. Like we heard nothing until the George Santos indictment dropped, right? Like, whoa. And that, you know, the indictment from the DOJ for January 6th and for the documents case, those indictments, they're just going to happen one of these days out of the blue. We'll have no warning about it. Although that departure of Tim Parlatori from the legal team. Yeah. Especially since he would stay, he said he would stay only as long as Epstein wasn't going to be charged. Makes me think that the Department of Justice indictments may come before the Fulton County DA indictments, but we'll see. Oh, I just want indictments. Bring them on. (laughs) All right. And this last story, this is from Safdar and Glazer at Wall Street Journal. Jeffrey Epstein discovered that Bill Gates had an affair with a Russian bridge player later appeared to use his knowledge to threaten one of the world's richest men. This is according to people familiar with the matter. So here goes the story. Microsoft co-founder met the woman around 2010 when she was in her 20s. Now, Epstein met her in 2013 and later paid her to attend software coding school. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. In 2017, Epstein emailed Gates and asked to be reimbursed for the costs of the course. And that's according to people familiar with the matter. The email came after the convicted sex offender had struggled and failed to persuade Gates to participate in a multi-billion dollar charitable fund that Epstein tried to establish with J.P. Morgan Chase. The implication behind the message, according to people who viewed it, was that Epstein could reveal the affair if Gates didn't keep up an association between the two men. And this is a quote, Mr. Gates met with Epstein solely for philanthropic purposes. Having failed repeatedly to draw Mr. Gates beyond these matters, Epstein tried unsuccessfully to leverage a past relationship to threaten him. That's what a spokeswoman for Gates said. Now, starting in 2011, Gates had more than a half dozen meetings scheduled with Epstein, including dinners at Epstein's New York townhouse. This is what the documents showed. Gates flew on Epstein's private plane from New Jersey to Florida in March of 2013, according to the flight records. That same month, the two men met in France with an official on the Nobel Peace Prize Committee. They spent much of that day together in New York City in September of 2014, meeting other billionaires. Also, this is what the journal reported. While he was meeting with Gates, Epstein had multiple meetings scheduled with other people close to Gates, including Nikolic, former Microsoft executive Nathan Mirvold, and Gates Foundation staffer Melanie Walker. So this is all from those same documents. Well, at the time, Epstein was trying to set up a multi-billion dollar charitable fund with J.P. Morgan that would potentially pool money from some of the world's wealthiest people. Epstein proposed that J.P. Morgan set up the fund with a minimum $100 million contribution per individual and pay him millions of dollars in fees. This is from the documents. In addition to the fees, the disgraced financier 
and also deceased, said the fund as a way to rehabilitate his reputation, according to people he told of his thinking. Now, it hinged on securing support from Bill Gates himself. So there's a lot more to the story, AG, and you can read all about it in the Wall Street Journal. My gosh. Yeah. I mean, that one's all crazy pants to me. Yeah. And that is like, so, so, you know, I have so many questions. Like, why did he send her to coding school? Yeah. I mean, I I get that he was, you know, blackmailing Gates to pay her. He would reveal the affair. But, you know, why send her to coding school? And then, you know, the New York day out for billionaires. Like, I don't know. It just sounds like a, a sitcom that'll never get made. Oh, thank goodness. Like, let me tell you about my best friend. And they're all out like, in the streets of New York. <laughs> oh, my God. That was funny. You're funny when you're sick. And then Bill Gates goes, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. I think that would be the way that it goes. All right. We have good news coming up after this quick break. If you have any good news, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's time to celebrate spring with HelloFresh. They've handpicked the best of the season's bounty. They're delivering it straight to your doorstep and onto your table. Each of their expertly crafted recipes use ripe, vibrant ingredients to bring the essence of spring right to your kitchen. When the spring sunshine is calling your name, don't call for takeout. Get HelloFresh instead. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DailyBeans16 and use code DailyBeans16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Uh, I've been incredibly excited to try their new pork katsu with sesame roasted carrots and ginger rice. This is one of their Hall of Fame top rated, like bona fide recipes. It looks amazing. I can't wait to bite into it. But there's more to HelloFresh than just delightful dinners. Not only do you have a selection of 40 weekly recipes at your fingertips, you can also choose from over 100 items to complement your order. Whether you're craving a little afternoon snack or you're in need of a quick lunch, which I love those things because I tend to be a grazer, or if you have a sweet tooth hankering for dessert, they've got you covered. And you even get to choose which day it arrives on your doorstep. HelloFresh has some great quick and easy meals to try out as well. These are gems designed to make feeding the family easy without draining your wallet. They've also rolled out a new fast and fresh option for when you've got only 15 minutes to cook, which I love. Trust me, it doesn't get any easier than that. So go to HelloFresh.com slash DailyBeans16 and use code DailyBeans16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, if you want to play what the mutt or what the horse, which we call what the hequine, or if you have frog orgy photos or baby pictures, especially any animals in costume when you pay your pod pet tax. And if you don't have a pod pet, you can send an adoptable pet in your area or give a shout out to someone you love or a small business you want to support or your small business. Anything at all, send it to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right, first up from Eileen, pronouns she and her, confession. I alter the words to your theme song every single time. My sweet little Emma Bean, which is a lab plot hound mix, now thinks your podcast is all for her. Emma Bean, Emma Bean, puppers with swearing. She loves listening to you and Dana. I'm trying to work her sister Zoe, Poochin, into the song as well. I'll get there one day. Oh, look look at that sweet face. Oh my God, stop it. Look at the snaggle tooth on the little one. At the table with wine. The underbite. Oh, my God. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, so, so sweet. He Thank you so much for the this. Backpack. Oh, dog in the backpack with an underbite. Thank you. Thank you for these. I just picked my day right up off the floor. It's amazing. Love it. All right. This is from Venomous Feminist. Pronouns she and her. Good morning, AG and DG. I'm listening to the news from Florida this morning, and I am just disgusted. I feel like any news about Ron DeSanctimonious should start with Florida man, as in Florida man threatens to kidnap children. Yeah. Not a local to me company, but the malicious women. A woman owned and operated candle company is currently selling Florida around and find out candles <laughs> with all the proceeds going to hispanicfoundation.org, which supports Latino and LGBTQ plus initiatives for persons of color. Wonderful. Fuck yeah. I love their candles and hate what's happening in Florida across the country. Keep calling out the assholes and shedding light on the bullshit and hypocrisy. For pod pet tax, I'm sharing photos of Kali or Kali, uh, my lab pibble mix and Spock and Xena, my favorite Look, I don't know. I don't know which one is Spock and which one is Xena, but the foot on the head is precious. Oh dear! And the dog is like, yeah, I'm eating the yarn. Is that yarn? Oh my gosh! So adorable. Thank you for those, and thank you. We will keep calling out the assholes, venomous feminists. That's hard. That's tough. I know you did it. I know actually in one go. I know. I sometimes I get it right, even when there's a little tongue twister. Love it. All right, next up from Sarah, pronunciation correction. Upon waking, first thought, coffee, yay. Second thought, daily beans, yay. There's no morning world in which those two don't exist. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm wondering if Judge Marchand's name is pronounced with a CH as in children, not as in shoe. There's no SH sound in Spanish, and there's a CH letter for the Spanish alphabet. Curious as to how his honor would pronounce it. Thanks for your hard work each and every day. That's a really good question, Sarah. Uh, as I watch the news and listen to the news and listen to NPR and MSNBC, they always say Juan Marchan, but I will look into it further. Thank you for that uh, heads up. I also love how soft this correction. It was like, is it a correction or a suggestion? Or, hey, let's find out together. It was a really sweet way <laughs> of writing that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love it. It was, I wonder if you're incorrect. But we don't really know. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, that the first compliment and the second compliment, see, the form you fill out for corrections on our website, mm-hmm. you're actually required <laughs> yep. to to make a shit sandwich or, or a compliment sandwich, whatever you, whatever you call it. Uh, you know, because I think it's important whenever you give feedback to somebody, um, constructive feedback, that you say something great at the beginning and you say something great at the end. So. It's in the form and you can't really send the correction without it. <laughs> I love it. But also in the beginning, in the middle, it's just, I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. not I know for sure. I'm wondering. Anyway, Sarah, that was fantastic. Love it. All right. This is from Dan Pronouns, he and him. Hello, ladies of the beans. The rhythm method came up in a recent episode. <laughs> yes, it did. It reminded me of a case of the educational honesty that surprised me in high school when the Catholic priest who was teaching sex ed my God, literally, after explaining the rhythm method, concluded by telling us that the technical term for a woman who used the rhythm method for contraception was a, quote, mother. <laughs> yeah, I'm attaching a photo of our two wonderful rescue cats, Martin and Emil, and Emi- Jesus, I can't say this one. I said the other one. Emel- Emily? Amelie. Amelie. Thank you. Enjoying the sunshine. Look at these beauties. Very sweet. The, do they follow the sunshine? I bet they do, Dan. Oh my God, so cute. All right, thank you for that. I'm going to take the next two because this one just says, anonymous she, her, just a Toronto trash panda sunning itself on my patio. 
<laughs> oh my God, it's a big raccoon. Oh, raccoon. I saw a massive one in my neighborhood the other day and I was like, look how cute. My passenger was like, roll up the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Rob, pronouns he and him. Dana, Dana, Dana. I didn't think I could love you more and I was oh. wrong. Your, <gasps> your apology for making fun of Rudy Giuliani's list was so sincere and genuine. I swear you could run a seminar on what an apology is and how to deliver one. You are truly an example of how to walk in love. Thank you. Here's a picture of my lovely wife of 35 and our granddaughter. These two are best friends. The squish loves her Nana and the feeling is mutual. It's a joy to watch these two interact. I can't close without obligatory swearing. Have a great fucking day. Nice. <laughs> Look at the beautiful and baby. Rob, thank you for that. I, I know that everyone is great at apologies. Um, I think that I am. I have no problem taking responsibility when I fuck up. So it's not just on the news, like relationships too. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at it, but thank you for that. Thank you for acknowledging it. And uh, I love you back. And look at this baby in the feet and the sweetness in the picture. And the penguins on the Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love and look it. at Nana. This is like pure joy. It is so happy. All right. This one's from Barb, pronouns she and her, Allison, Dana, and all those behind the scenes at the beans. I just wanted to add, I know, I love that. I just wanted to add some more insight to a section on May 18th's show. I don't live in Colorado Springs. I live in Denver. And I wanted to share some thoughts on the recent mayoral race in Colorado Springs. Y'all mentioned that Colorado Springs elected a mayor who is a Democrat and Nigerian immigrant. As a local Colorado Springs paper's headline says, Yemi Mobilade. Mobilade, thank you. Mobilade's victory marks seismic shift in Colorado Springs. And seismic it is. Colorado Springs is the home to focus on the family, the Air Force Academy, and so many born-again Christian churches that call that call it the they call it the Evangelical Vatican. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Younger voters in Colorado Springs are reportedly more liberal than traditional Springsters. But Mayor Mobilati's win is truly amazing and wonderful. There's no pet tax today, but I'll end this message with a thank you for the daily dose of political news sanity. That's awesome. I know that Colorado Springs, I did not realize Focus in the Family was there. I knew the Air Force Academy was, and I knew that there was a lot of Christian churches, born-again Christian churches, but Focus in the Family is a big deal. And for that human being, beautiful, human, diverse being to win the mayoral race, fuck yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, again, that whole Obama thing, the day after or the week after the 2016 election, when when they asked him on Pod Save, they were like, what what gives you hope? He's like, the young people, they're going to yeah. turn 18 and they're going to wash over this country, like a wave of hope that you've never seen before. And um, we're seeing it. It's coming. It's coming to fruition. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Focus on the Family was there. Aren't those the assholes that are like, try to pray the gay away and all that stuff? Basically, yeah. It's, you know, it's traditional marriage, blah, 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 blah. Gross. Yeah. I mean, no offense to traditional marriage, if that's your... <laughs> yeah, no, we're totally allies. Like, you that's your bag. Get married. <laughs> you should be able to get married, too. We'll totally tolerate it. I mean, I don't want it in front of the children, but it's okay. I like traditional divorce. I love it. Um, it's my favorite thing. But yeah, and I didn't know it was called the Evangelical Vatican either. Now I know. And so, yeah, that's truly way more seismic. I mean, because I knew it was, but... I'm with you, Dana. I didn't realize how impressive and amazing a win that was uh, for Mobilade. So absolutely wonderful. Thank you for that. And thanks to everyone for submitting your good news. If you have anything at all you want to send to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Are you traveling tomorrow, Dana? 
Um, I am, but I am going to be able to record. We're just going to record a little earlier. But yes, I will be with you in your ears tomorrow from the great state of California, just a different city. I'll be in San Francisco. Oh, sweet. Well, I can't wait to see you and everybody will talk to you then. Until that time, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.